This is Ramsey Salty from KZSU 90.1 FM. I have the honor and pleasure of sitting here today with none other than Len Mobrahim, who just finished her performance of Baba right here in, Sa- uh, in San Rafael at the Altar Theater. Ahlan wa sahlan wa marhaba, Denmo. Well, thank you so much for having me. Welcome to Arabology. Uh, Denmo, I'm going to go right into the first question that is on everybody's mind. We watch Baba. We see this transformation mm. and you go through this every day mm. at different times how much of a preparation mental spiritual physical do you have to go through in order to appear as baba that's a wonderful question um i mean the show takes so much focus and for it to feel easy, and it really needs to feel easy because the audience needs to be at ease because it's so rich. It's actually taken a few years, and the first time I did it, I was exhausted at, at the end of each pro- performance, but now it feels like it's much more of a meditation. Um, it's very calming, and it's, very, like, it's really joyful to do the piece, um, but it's taken me a lot of work as, an, as a performer to understand how to pace myself and how to craft a show. I'm also the writer, so how do I craft a show that is sustainable for a long period of time? So that took some development. Yeah, I mean, where are you when you're on stage? Where, where? Uh, I mean, I'm with you. I'm with the audience, and you know, I think those are the best kinds of performances that feel genuinely alive. And you know, there was uh, there was a time when Baba wasn't so alive. Like it was like you popped him out of a box, and it was just like there he was, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter who was in the room. But now. Baba becomes alive for who's in the room, and it has a different tone. And, um, and like, you know, especially for the Middle Eastern community, we know him, you mm-hmm. know, and Baba's part of me. And so it doesn't feel like that far off, actually, even though he's an older man. I feel like he's me too, you know. Yeah, so. and I think that's what uh, is so uh, appealing about him is that we all have a Baba. Yeah. And if we don't, we know a Baba. Yeah. And uh, you manage to kind of uh, bring him to life without making him stereotypical in the sense of shallow, yeah. you know. How much work did it take for you to come up, I mean, you know, you, to balance this um, need for maybe humor with the serious aspect of, you know, the, the issues you tackle, such as being, you know, an Arab or a Muslim in today's America, etc. I mean, it was a lot of failure. You know, the, the first, like I spent, the way I workshopped this piece was actually through fringe festivals and performances around the country. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be in front of audiences that didn't know Denmo, because a lot of people like Denmo, mm-hmm. and I didn't want any bias. I needed to know if the script worked or not. And for the first iterations, it didn't work. People left the theater crying and felt like they were hungry for more. And there was no Layla, for example. It was just Muhammad's story. And so it felt like we were all hungry for like, what now, you know? And um, so it took a lot of craft, like playwriting, writing, to find the depth and the lightness and the ease with Mo's story. But it started with it being a bit more stereotypical, cliche, and then I, over time I found the humanity. But that came, you know, that was later, 
yeah, definitely. Yeah, but how autobiographical is this? Well, you know, I think all creative projects always have a seed of truth in them. That's what makes them captivating. And so there's certainly elements of this piece that I've drawn from my own life. But a lot of the work, I spent time interviewing people that were first immigrants here. You know, I'm a first-generation American, totally American, and all my family's still in Cairo. So I don't know what it's like to immigrate here. So I needed those stories. And so I interviewed people in the community and other people, and then I kind of sliced their true stories and my true stories, and then I created this true story. And so, yes, it's a true story, but whose true story? That's a good question. And the, the, the physical performance, I mean the way every gesture, every the, when, when he speaks to his daughter and says, you know, Habibti would draw. I mean, we've all seen this. It is so familiar. And yet you've captivated it and you've incorporated it beautifully. Mm-hmm. Do you actually become a different person uh, when you're on stage? I mean, I think so. Like, Mo, Muhammad's mannerisms feel like that's the only way he can move. And and what like so we had to build a suit for him so that there was a real like his body is different than mine and because he has that body he has to move in a certain way and so I feel like I created obstacles that would fo- f- uh, focus me to move only like Mo can move not feminine not with round like you know percussive yeah. and um, so I think there is. I definitely become Mo, and I have to work with my voice, you know, really keeping it in a low register. But other than that, it feels very natural. Ababa is not your first um, endeavor mm-hmm. in terms of uh, the stage and theater. Can you tell us a little bit about how you began and it'll take us along the journey? Sure. Um, well, I mean, I've been in the performance world for maybe 15 or 20 years, so it's been a long time. But professionally, you know, I started with a performance company. I have a traditional acting background, and then my graduate work was in physical theater. That's really where my heart is. My heart's in, like, new work, creating new work, and finding the image, because image speaks so much louder than words. Words can support the image. But, like, when you see Mo, you you know him before he says anything, and that's important. And so, um, you know, I've written um, seven or eight ensemble-created plays, and I've written a few other full-length uh, straight plays. And, you know, now um, I'm really fascinated by true stories, and um, and that's been a new way of... Uh, my, my creative work is really shifting. Um, I like to hear what happened to people and find a way to share their stories, because I feel like there's a lot of healing in that. But my, my background was much more in, um, in physical theater and devising new work, And now, as I get older, I'm finding sort of my love in um, personal myth and the myths that we, like, live in Mm. and finding a way to bring, like, life and humor to things that may seem dark but that create a humanity between us all. And so Baba is playing in San Rafael through the end of the month at the Alter Theater, definitely a must-see while you're here. Mm -hmm. Are you planning to take it around the country? Yeah, there's um, there's a few places. Chicago is interested in bringing it, Silk Road, and so there's a couple of other places in the country that is interested in taking the project. This was really important for me to finish the script. And um, now that I feel like it's complete, now I want to take it off. And it might be a perfect piece for universities. Um, it might be good for theaters. So I'm actually, it might be good for like the Arab community specifically. I'm not sure who the audience is, to be honest. Yeah. But I like 
I would love to bring this to the sort of like the heart of Americana. Mm-hmm. I, I want white audiences to see this. Yeah. I want university pieces to pr- promote this and have conversations around this. Um, so it feels like educational and also really engaging and, you know, just a wonderful night of performance. Yeah. Have, have audiences had a large percentage of Arab Americans uh, attending as well? In this um, version, not as many. I have some connections with some of the Arab community. I've invited them, and that is such an honor. Um, the past few nights we've had um, Arabs and Muslims in the audience, and it's like it just has a whole different layer of understanding. Um, so it always, you know, so that's definitely an area that I really want to share this project with. Well, so some of the people who saw this and who were speaking to me about this said, "Then Mubrahim Rafa Ras al Arab," which literally means, you know, she's raising the head of the Arabs, oh. meaning we are very proud of you. You are, you've managed to put into your performance some of the frustrations we feel, mm-hmm. uh, especially in today's America. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've done it with humor, but there are uh, um, segments in there that are very poignant and heart-wrenching. Um, how much of that are you aware of that your play is speaking specifically to Arabs and Arab Americans living in this country in very, very unique and yet powerful ways? You know, what's interesting is that those pieces were always there, but the humor wasn't, and it was harder to take. And, you know, and I know that there's very specific, like there's a line that Muhammad says is, um, you know, heaven forbid I get hostile. I know what I look like. They'll label me a fanatic and extremist, a communist. And, like, there's this double-edged sword that he knows he's playing with, you know, of, like, wanting something from the system and knowing that because he's not... He isn't, he's a foreigner, he's always going to be looked at that way. And I mean, that I feel like is what is at the heart of this project, is really about this, like, the culture shock that no one ever gets over. And even if you immigrate to a new land, you can never really integrate their morals. Muhammad doesn't think he does anything wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's so heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's the piece I feel most proud of, is that it feels like this is a real project that speaks to the deepest concerns that we have as a community. As, a, as an audience member today, I could, I, you know, I was struggling to see if I needed to place this at a certain time, mm-hmm. space. I don't know, this is just my reading. I'd love to a commentary from you about this. I felt that maybe Baba was pre-9-11, and Layla was post nine eleven. That's exactly right. Is that what you were trying to go for? And so how exactly. some things have changed and some things happened, some things have still were there even before the tragic events of, of September 11th. Well, what's interesting to me is that I didn't, so many times you see an Arab on stage and everyone thinks it's about 9-11. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. It, that's so, like, limiting. Right. And so when this piece came on, you know, it was like, it's 1983 in Muhammad's world. That's when Layla is six. You know, so it's like pre-everything. It's the 80s. That's why the music and the soundscape is sort of of that time. And so I think there is really, um, it's important to place any, I mean, I feel, because the, the Middle Eastern community is being seen in America right now with a particular lens, is that we have to frame it in a particular way so that it feels like people can work with their own judgments. This is not a 9-11 piece. This is about community and culture and family and Absolutely. home. And, you know, when that, I think that's what makes this piece like so shocking because everyone thinks it's going to be, you know, as soon as you say Muhammad, that name, you're just like, oh, I have a bunch of ideas of what that means. You know? Even Layla 
born and raised in America and, uh, you know, speaks limited Arabic. And uh, she's still being uh, stereotyped in some ways and has to overcompensate mm. and be maybe overly friendly mm. to everyone around her so that she, not unlike her Baba, is not seen as hostile and potentially mm. stereotypically dangerous. Mm, that's really good. I mean, I wanted to position Layla as like almost like an um a super american mm. you know like she drinks and she flirts and she does all the things that like a muslim girl isn't supposed to do but then she talks about how wonderful the quran was and and so it just like it, it messes with your ideas of what um a muslim woman is supposed to be in america. and she's an artist mm. you know and so it's like i really love that it's like not the cliche and yet we know her then, Mubrahim, it's an honor to meet you. I hope this is the beginning of many more meetings mm. and many more successes for you. Certainly here at KCSU, 90.1 FM, and at Stanford, we are we send you a big salute. We wish you the best. We hope you'll stay in touch with us throughout your journey. Absolutely. And inshallah, one day bring you to Stanford as well. I would love that. That would be amazing. <laughs>